Hey, today I'm Susan Hepworth. I am with the Alliance for Patient Access, and we are excited to be joined today by Dr. Ken Thorpe. He is the Executive Director of the Partnership to Fight Chronic Disease. This is the inaugural um, podcast for the Alliance for Patient Access. So Dr. Thorpe, it's very exciting that uh, you get to be the very first guest we ever have. So thank you for joining us. Um, well, today, th- thanks for having me on. Yeah, today we're gonna be talking about a condition that many have heard of, but may not fully understand or know uh, about its impact, and that is gout. So Dr. Thorpe, first I just want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Tell us about your organization and why it is that you decided to conduct this study about the economic impacts and the prevalence of gout. Well, sir, I'm Ken Thorpe. I'm the uh, head of the uh, Partnership to Fight Chronic Disease. It's a uh, uh, a very large uh, 100 organization group in Washington, D.C. It includes patient groups, labor, uh, uh, business uh, groups, providers. Uh, and we focus, uh, as our title says, on uh, the most effective ways of preventing, detecting, and managing chronic disease. Great. So give us a 20-second background or so. What exactly is gout? Well, gout is the the most common form of inflammatory arthritis uh, caused by the buildup of uric acid crystals in the joints. Um, It is very painful. Uh, You will see swelling in your your hands, uh, feet, uh, uh, elbows, um, so that the swelling uh, in and of itself uh, can be very, very painful. Now, you have conducted um, a recent study through um, the Partnership to Fight Chronic Disease, and it's called Healthcare Spending, Prevalence Treatment, Health-Related Quality of Life, and Productivity Associated with Gout Patients. So I'm gonna just ask you a few questions about your study, but the first thing I wanna ask you is really about the prevalence of gout, and what did your research find? Well, overall, there's about 4% of adults, that's about eight to nine million, uh, that have gout. Uh, However, the number of patients that are under some form of medical treatment, that is where gout has been diagnosed and medications are provided, uh, is about 1.5%, or about 4 million adults. Hmm. So quite a lot less that are actually receiving treatment for it versus those who who we think actually suffer from gout. Right. If you look at the clinical measures uh, in terms of uh, survey data, uh, it's closer to 4% of adults, uh, but if you actually look at the treatment uh, information, who's actually getting a, a medication or some form of treatment for gout, uh, the number is about half that. Why do you think there's such a big uh, discrepancy there? It could be the extent of the symptoms. Um, certainly the people who have the most extreme uh, forms of gout, uh, the most painful forms, uh, are, are the most likely to show up uh, to their physician's office and get treatment. Uh, and the ones with less severe uh, probably are not uh, seeking uh, assistance from their doctor. Okay, so we hear a lot about uh, some comorbidities that are associated with gout. And I have to tell you, I was blown away with one number when I read this report, that nearly 65% of gout patients have five or more chronic conditions. That seems like a lot. So can you tell us about some of these comorbidities that are associated with gout? Well, sure. The most common comorbid conditions with gout are high blood pressure or hypertension. So a little over three-quarters of gout patients have that. Uh, Bad cholesterol, uh, hyperlipidemia, about 60%. Heart disease, uh, 37% of gout patients. 
and diabetes, about 34%. Uh, and as you know, should mentioned, uh, nearly 70% of gout patients had another five or more chronic conditions that they are being treated for. Not only is a we see, I guess, an economic impact of gout, but then also all those comorbidities that can be associated with that as well. Um, Dr. Thorpe, what kind of treatments and medications are currently available to patients um, who have gout? Well, there's really two that are most common. Uh, so generally treatment could include an anti-inflammatory medication, uh, so-called non-steroidal uh, anti-inflammatories. Uh, so these are designed, obviously, to reduce the swelling and pain. Uh, and a second class are uric acid-reducing medications that block your uric acid production, uh, the things that uh, are really causing the pain in the joints. Okay. Uh, now I kind of want to move and talk a little bit about the research that you did related to healthcare spending and the economic impact of gout. That's something that a lot of people just may not be familiar with, and, and what actually is the impact um, to the patient's pocketbook, to the overall economy and healthcare spending. So in terms of the larger economy, what did you find regarding healthcare spending on gout? And specifically, um, was there a difference in cost for those who took medications to lower their uric acid versus those you know, who did not? Well, sure. Uh, the treatment of gout itself, uh, we spent about $1.8 billion uh, a year on just treating gout. However, if you look at the healthcare expenditures that gout patients incur to treat uh, uh, hypertension, lipids, heart disease, and diabetes, uh, they spend $55 billion a year. So the impact that these patients have uh, on the overall healthcare economy is much larger just than just what we spend on gout. Mm-hmm, $55 billion. That's uh, quite a number. Uh, does the use of medications then have an, uh, an economic impact? Well, the good news is that uh, for those uh, gout patients that were taking a uric acid reducing uh, medication, uh, gout spending was about 30% lower uh, than patients that weren't taking uh, those medications. So not only are the medications effective, but they reduce the overall cost of treating gout. Effective and lower the overall cost of treating gout. Those are two, uh, two important points I think we can glean from this study for sure. Um, your study also looked at health status. So I wanna ask, you know, what was the impact of gout medications on patients' health status? And, and talk to us, you know, what is health status? Well, we looked at uh, simple measures of physical functioning, uh, the ability to do a simple tasks around the house, um, just feeding, bathing, um, um, walking uh, without pain, uh, things that are just fundamental to you know, just basic health status of, a, of any patient. And then what we found is that the patients that were taking uh, uric, uric acid-reducing medications um, showed improvement in physical functioning. Uh, so their ability to do basic uh, household functions uh, was improved uh, compared to patients that weren't taking those medications. Okay. Uh, what did then the study find about the impact on uh, income and employment? And then specifically, you know, talk to us as it relates to the patient. You know, we see in the study, and there's lots of numbers and charts and graphs, but what does that really mean to the patient? 
Well, one of the things that you find with the onset of some of these chronic diseases is that it takes people out of the uh, workforce. Uh, and as a result, uh, it reduces family income. Uh, and it could require uh, other family members to assist in taking care of, of the patient. So finding uh, effective treatments and uh, innovative ways of, of managing gout are, are critically important for the family, family income and employment. What we found was that uh, patients that were taking these uh, effective medications, uh, that their personal income uh, per year went up by over uh, $2,150. Uh, meaning that on average, uh, they were increasing the number of hours that they were able to work by about two hours. So the, the accumulation of that over the year was, uh, was very substantial in terms of household income. Okay. Um, why is it that you think you know, all of this information as it relates to the prevalence and the economic impact why do you think that that is important for patients to know about, but then also the public who may be not too familiar with, with the burden of gout? Well, I think a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that uh, certainly for the treatment of the patient, that uh, you're not just treating the gout, but approaches that really focus on whole patient team-based care are going to be important here. Uh, because if you have a gout patient that has five additional chronic conditions, uh, making that patient healthier is going to require the management of all those conditions. Uh, so while gout uh, itself uh, uh, spending may not be uh, uh, substantial uh, in, in, in and of itself, uh, gout patients spend a lot of money on health care because uh, many of them are really uh, quite sick. So I think the first takeaway is that uh, these are patients that not only have gout but have multiple chronic conditions. Uh, that need uh, you know, effective management of all of them at the same time. So the focus on the patient and the person is very important. I, w I want to ask you a few questions a little bit more related, I guess, to maybe um, the public's understanding or awareness of gout. Um, we looked at some numbers you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the podcast. Um, only 1.5% are being treated, yet we think about 4% have this condition. Um, why do you think there is a lack of awareness about the ability to actually treat gout? Well, it, it could be that some patients just don't recognize the symptoms. Uh, you know, arthritis is, uh, is a quite common malady um, in patients that perhaps uh, don't have multiple chronic conditions and who are not uh, in frequent touch with their healthcare provider might not get it diagnosed. So I think that the probable good news is that uh, it looks to me like we're treating the, the sickest of the gout patients, those that have the severe forms of gout, but also have multiple chronic conditions. But I think what the study is showing is that there's a big gap uh, between what's really out there in terms of uh, the actual number of gout patients and uh, the share that are being treated. So uh, as symptoms arise uh, uh, in your extremities or in your joints, uh, I would encourage patients to, to have it checked out and see their primary care physician. Yes, that's a, that's a very good point there, Dr. Thorpe. Um, I guess if you could just kind of encompass this, this whole study into, you know, 30 to 45 seconds, kind of boiling it down uh, for all of our listeners here today, uh, how would you do that? You know, what are the top lines that you want everybody to take away from this study? 
Well, a couple of things. Uh, the good news is that uh, the medications, particularly those that are uh, reducing uric acid, are effective. It, they reduce uh, the overall cost of treating gout. Uh, they improve uh, the ability of a person to function uh, physically. Uh, it allows uh, gout patients to work more uh, for those that are uh, still in the labor force uh, and to, uh, as a result, increase their family income. So there's a lot of interactions here in terms of uh, the effect of treatment of gout and what impact it has on your ability to uh, physically function, uh, work, uh, and increase family income. That's great. And I think it's really important that we understand the full impact of a disease like gout. And I think that your study really does a great job outlining some of those impacts. And so I want to be able to point um, our listeners um, to where they can find that. And they can find that at the Partnership to Fright uh, Chronic Disease. Uh, do you have a web address for that, Dr. Thorpe? Sure. It's a www.fightchronicdisease, all one word, .org. Okay, and that, that full study can be found on there, that uh, fightchronicdisease.org. And I think that's about all the time we have for today. So thank you so much, Dr. Thorpe, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on.